0: Good afternoon and welcome to episode nine of No Fun Intended. It is Tuesday, April nineteenth. Kale, you know what tomorrow is?
1: Wednesday, April twentieth. Yep. Oh, Scott. <laughs> wow, I didn't know you dabbled in the finer things I of life.
0: Can't say that I do, <laughs> but I love to. I ironically, I guess, joke that I do. It's the best. It's the most fun.
1: Okay. I I had no. I yeah. obviously I smoke so much weed yeah. that. I, yeah. I think about 420 all the time, but it didn't even yeah, occur to me. It's just another day to 420 use. was tomorrow. That's, that's okay. That's, that's probably, for, that's probably for the best. All right, so this is funny. Scott was in a really bad mood before this, and so now he's smiling and laughing. So <laughs> something about 420 has got Scott going over here a little bit. Can you blame me? No, I guess not. It all makes right. people happy from what I understand.
0: It's okay. You obviously had some struggles getting in here today. Um, <laughs> o- OU Barking has some serious woes, even at 430 on a Tuesday
1: it was, I don't know what's going on. I don't know if it's because it was pouring down rain this morning mm-hmm. or if people are afraid that it's going to rain again. I don't know what the forecast is like. Or if it's just because it's super humid now that it rained this morning. But I've never seen this many cars on campus before. Like, insane. I live like a mile and a half away and it took me 25 minutes to get over here. And Are you Snapchatting me right now?
0: You're actually only your legs in it, the oh, best okay. part of your body. Yeah,
1: they are sexy. Yeah. I, um, okay. Well. Anyways.
0: That's sexy tweaks in a row <laughs> last time. This was Potato, Mrs. Potato Head. Head. She's cute. I mean, what are you going to say? But, anyways. Wait, is she sexy or is she cute? Oh, you can, I think that's I mean, kind you of be a difference. Both. Yeah, I guess. But, like, a dog is cute. Uh, like,
1: uh... <laughs> Amy Adams is cute.
0: Yeah, I she guess. She can also be sexy. Right, but she also isn't a potato, so it's a little easier to differentiate. Do you
1: think that, you want to know what a bad potato pickup line is?
0: <laughs> What's a good potato pickup line? I've got
1: eyes for you. Aren't the little things that grow out of potatoes called, like, eyes?
0: Things? I don't know. I'm not a farmer. <laughs> okay, you okay, just completely bombed that joke. That was
1: probably a good joke. You just don't understand it.
0: Yeah. Okay, Pull. Poll. <laughs> Tweet me at Scott Heine if you think you know the anatomy of a potato, including the eyes which go out of it. I, I think so. Do potatoes have things growing out of it, like a branch or something? Yeah, have
1: you ever seen a potato sit there for a while that, that doesn't get cooked on time? No. It grows a little squiggly thing. Cook out your of
0: potatoes. It. Don't waste potatoes. Well, sometimes you and Children in Africa. Sometimes you me- forget the potato is in the pantry. What am I going to do about this? Don't put it in the pantry. Put it, on the, put it on the kitchen counter so you're always aware of them.
1: I mean, that's taking up counter valuable counter space. My apartment has very little counter space.
0: Okay, I guess we'll agree to disagree. Okay,
1: so are we going back to the parking thing? Because yeah, anyways, uh, let's, oh, yeah, let's track back here. I don't know what we were wildly off off topic. It was today. just it's incredibly bad to park today on campus. I have no idea why. Um, I had a long midterm today and another class after that and i just i kind of out of it and then i had to come over here and park and i almost ran over like seven sorority girls and um like four dogs and i luckily dodged them all
0: good 11 for 11
1: so yeah i mean
0: i it, don't know how
1: many points a sorority is worth on the point scale
0: yeah i don't know i always like dog is negative points you can't hit dogs yeah like yeah, if you hit a dog your license is gone i'm pretty sure yeah um there's something about this time of day. I think it's it's that three to six range. Kayla's trying to show me a Google result for an eye on a potato. Boom. You um, see
1: those little weird things that grow out of them?
0: That's an eye. That's a googly eye that's glued onto it.
1: No. Well, okay. One of them is, but like that's not. That's what.
0: Oh, that's creepy. It's,
1: it's a potato sprout. A potato sprout. And some people sprout. call them eyes.
0: Okay. Well, people need to learn what an eye is. Cause <laughs> There's a
1: lot of them where people just glued eyes on <laughs>
0: If right. you're not seeing this, like, just picture a potato with, like, googly eyes glued onto it. So picture Mr.
1: Potato Head. Yeah,
0: and that's the number one Google result for potato eyes. This is the
1: fourth one down,
0: Drew. Okay, sorry. You're trying to,
1: like, <laughs> lie to <laughs> our viewership.
0: Um, or listenership, you mean. Yeah, I, I feel like the time between, like, 3 and 6 in the afternoon is just, like, like the worst time of the day because you're getting to that afternoon where, like, it, like it, it's the hottest part of the day, you know, lunch is kind of long removed, and so you're getting kind of hungry again. The work day's almost over. There's traffic. It's just like the worst part of the day. I've always hated the three to six o'clock range.
1: Yeah, I, I agree with that. Um, because it's like it's too early to drink acceptably.
0: Thanks. <laughs> That's the key word there.
1: And so you get if you drink a five hour energy, then you're wired till like eight p.m. You Correct. don't really want to be wired that late. No, I mean, you don't. I mean, we winded down at 8, 9-ish. So, yeah, I, I tend to agree. I don't know. What's worse, though, like 6 a.m. or like 4.30 p.m.?
0: 6 a.m. Is, is far better. Far better? <clears throat> yeah. Okay. Because 6 a.m., if, if you're up that early, one, you're, you're probably used to it. Mm, true. And you're up before, before the rest of the world, and so it's kind of it's calm. It's it's There's the morning dude You get your coffee going. You play some smooth jazz. Ooh. Maybe, maybe read a good book. You know, catch up on, like, last night's news. If I, I would not mind working a job every morning. I, I'd be up at six, and it's kind of like my time. I, I think people that are up that early, they're obviously a morning person, and mm-hmm. I think they they have learned to take advantage of that hour of the day.
1: You know what? I, as much as I don't want to agree with you, I kind of have to on this <laughs> straight my life. because when I think about it, the days that I do get up at six or that early, they're your best days? very peaceful,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and. You're up and you're going. The days I sleep until like eleven, yep. I don't ever get anything done. Uh-huh. Nothing gets accomplished. So,
0: yeah, I kind of agree with well, you. Listen, I'm not a life coach, but if I was, my first tip, I, I would have two main tips. All right, these let's two go these. Number one, get up early. Okay. No matter how long how late you're up last night, if you get up early every day, you're going to get used to it. You're going to be able to get into a cycle of, of, of getting things done before the day that you don't have to do, but you want to, and that'll make your day better. Okay. For instance, if I don't drink coffee, I'm still going to survive. But I'll feel better if I get up and if I'm more like like read the news or like you know like my favorite website and my favorite blog. I don't have to do those things, but I want to do those things. And I have time to do there because I know that's time that I'm adding to my day, right? Okay. I can I can get up at nine and have and have time to get to school by ten thirty. If I get up at six or seven, I'm adding two hours to my day that, that I previously didn't have. My body will slowly adjust to that sleep schedule, and I'll be okay. Secondly, it also Motivate you to get to bed, get to bed earlier because you have to be up earlier. Like for me, um, this semester I've been in bed no later than like ten thirty almost every night because like I'm, I'm I'm pushed to be in bed to be in bed earlier, so I have better sleep in the morning and I, I get around eight hours of sleep. It's great. Second tip is always make your bed in the morning. Make it, okay. Because the first thing you're doing in the day is getting something done and you feel accomplished and it's easier to keep doing things like that when you've already had one thing done. That's an easy thing to cross, cross off your list. Make your bed. Boom. Productivity, ignitioned, Ignitioned? Ignited. Ignited. Correct.
1: Yes. That's interesting life tips from Scott. What is your views on napping? If you waking up really early every day, some days you're going to hit that wall. Mm-hmm. Are you cool with napping or is that a waste of time to you?
0: In my opinion, I can't nap. I'm not good at napping, so I can't really speak to this. Um, I, um, I'm i a fan of the uh, power nap. 20 minutes maybe yeah, yeah um, that's everyone fine. everyone can fit that in and that's actually way better for you than like an hour long yeah absolutely um and so if that's the case then for sure um if you're getting up at 6 a.m yeah reward yourself take, take a 20, 20 minute nap at two <laughs> o'clock absolutely
1: okay because you know people that nap every day live longer really because it slows your heart rate down okay and it gives your heart a break in the other times that you're awake and doing that allows your heart to last longer up Obviously, this is a generalization. Everybody's individually going to be different, right? But people that live in areas that nap more often tend to have longer lifespans. And especially, I think somewhere in Greece has the longest lifespan in the world, and they nap every single. Day. Every person naps every single day, and wow. so what it does is, and they, they so they monitor these people. It slows your heart rate down to below normal beating mm-hmm. when you're sleeping, and it gives you an extra thirty, an hour, however long you nap. Where your heart stays lower and it doesn't beat as hard. So that okay. gives you yeah. more beats out of a longer life, I guess. I,
0: yeah. I'm not a doctor, but I can definitely get behind that. Mm-hmm. Um, so,
1: Um I'm also not a napper either if it makes you feel any better.
0: If you're running for president... Make sure you have mandated napping on your running platform, um, and I'll vote for you. We are uh, America is one of the very
1: few countries that are that doesn't have napping. Interesting, and, and people don't nap a well,
0: lot. I do know, like in European countries, they eat dinner a lot later. Yes, um, things like that. And it is interesting the culture kind of differences. I think they eat, like dinner like at nine in Spain, and they eat lunch at like three, three I, or four. Yeah. What time are they getting up? No idea.
1: I don't know. Hitler didn't get up till like eleven in the morning. So, so that's the best example we should be using for our lives, shouldn't it? I'm just saying he's European. He's the only person I know. What time they woke up as a European? Yeah. What that means so, is, if
0: you get up to eleven o'clock, you're going to become a fascist. You're going to lead the countries in in, in terrible exactly. ways. Exactly.
1: So obviously, this goes back to your point of waking up. Get early. up at six a.m. Woke up at eleven. Get up
0: at six. Don't be a fascist. <laughs> Don't turn. Save into the world. That is today's <laughs> tip from Scott Heine. Brought to you by Serta.
1: Sorry, I've been watching Man in the High
0: Castle. As I just now, I like that. Show. I just now
1: got like Amazon Prime Video, and it was very good season. I watched. I
0: watched the first, I think, two episodes, and I was really intrigued. I stopped for whatever reason, but I liked what I saw. So oh, far. you got to get back on that. I just Super watched the entire
1: uh, season this past last three or four days.
0: Well, I just was watching a show called Eleven Twenty Two Sixty Three. Never heard of it. Based on a Stephen King book, it's about a guy who goes back in time to stop the JFK murder. Oh, but finds out things are a lot more complicated going back in time because that's on Hulu. The more you try to change time. The more tri- time time will push back against you. Oh, it's a great show. JFK is my is is my favorite historical figure figure and kind of topic to cover. Why? Um, because
1: it, he had so many mistresses.
0: Yeah, it's just kind of my kind of guy. No, um, it's because one, you have the, the proximity for me to Dallas. I, I grew up going to the Six Floor Museum and seeing the, the spot in Delia Plaza where the, the X's are on the street where he was shot. Um, oh. You have. Um, it's a president, like, like like we don't know what, what he could have done. Um, you know, like there's that, that kind of like he was so promising and we were kind of robbed of that ability to see how he progressed. And the idea that we still don't know what happened. We, we don't have a for sure answer. One of the biggest events in American history, we still can't tell you for sure what happened. There's so many conspiracies, and it's great.
1: I would say in terms of presidential uh, elections and then presidential candidates and pre- people that eventually got elected, President, JFK and Obama were the, are the two biggest celebrity. Well, maybe now until Donald Trump, but... Yeah. JFK was a celebrity. For sure. Obama was definitely well, a celebrity Reagan. when he ran. Reagan was a celebrity, but in like a... different guy. He, he kind was of, a celebrity from actually being on TV. He, kind of he wasn't like a politician celebrity like these yeah. other guys were. They were just like, just super... the Probably the best speakers. And Obama, I think, is probably the greatest orator... Of any presidential candidate I've ever personally seen, yeah, which isn't saying much because it's the other Bush and Clinton. I don't remember the old Bush, yeah, um, but they just had that celebrity like status and right sure. stuff, and so, so I can see where you could be intrigued by the historical mm-hmm. uh, thing of JFK. But I figured LBJ would be your guy because you know he's yeah. from Texas. I mean,
0: every day, every day at home, I do drive on LBJ six thirty five, um, but. I don't know. I think it's just the idea that he was so young. I think I think LBJ did a great job gi- given the circumstances he was put into. Um, obviously, it's not easy um, to be president. To be Democrat from <clears throat> Texas, yeah, <laughs> probably mainly that more than inheriting a presidency on a plane. Um, it's tough, though. I think FDR is always going to be my favorite president um, because. The New Deal is insane. You're like a hardcore Democrat from Texas. There. I'm
1: not a Democrat. That's the thing. You just picked the Democratic Socialist president, yeah, as your favorite president. Be- I think so. It's, that he's <clears throat> the far leftist
0: of all presidents. I, I think would say, it, but you have to think about the time. He's that he, also the closest thing we had to a fascist. He has to also think about the time that he was president in. I mean, I, it's also it's hard to tell how he runs the country if it's in a normal economic, you know, sound time. My the thing about him that like he was willing to do just do something. His big thing was just let's let's get things moving, right? Let, let's 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 have progress, and progress is the way the country can, kind of kind of naturally get back into this cycle. And I, I think he was the person that understood that you have to just move a gear to get the rest of the gears going. What whether you know, I like I don't believe that he could put the policies in place that he did back then today. There's no way that. The country um, votes in a president who, who, who wants that kind of thing. But he was daring enough to just not sit back and, and let the recession, you know, go through its own course, but to really ignite the country, to rejuvenate it, and get, the, uh, get those bills flowing again.
1: Well, he was, I would say, a celebrity in his own right, in that he probably got the poor, the common people to unite more than any other president. Yes, that was the key to it. And... The only thing was a lot of the stuff that he did he passed through very fascist ways. Right. And he went around our, you know, three pronged system there to do it. I, I remember the first day of const like one of our first days in constitutional law classes, our professor said J F or sorry, um, F D R was the closest thing America ever had to a fascist. Yeah. He tried to make thirteen people in the Supreme Court so he could apply four more so he could get everything to vote in his way mm-hmm. so that the Supreme Court, would everything would pass his laws. He did a lot of stuff that probably wasn't a, you know... If, if the national media was like it is now, people would go insane. About. Oh, my yeah. Um, but that's an interesting time frame because if you think about the people in power during the World War II era, FDR is probably the closest thing America ever had to fascists. Uh, Winston Churchill's probably definitely the closest thing England ever had to, like, a fa- fascist. You had Hitler, you had Joseph Stalin... You had Mussolini. All these crazy people in power at one yeah. time, and that's what
0: happened. It was hot to be a fascist. But how you say?
1: How good would FDR's policies and everything been if we didn't go to war and America didn't use all that to pump their economy? Is That's the only downside that I see with the FDR fandom is he had the biggest war of all time yeah. to boost our economy to where it went to. There's no
0: question that the war... Really, I mean, like he made some some strides to get things moving, mm-hmm. but they don't. Yeah, you're right. They don't take off and get and, and go from desperation to boom without the war. Yeah. But I mean, you also can't like just like use that as a, a cop out and say like we we did was pointless. I, I think that what he did was he, oh, focused, yeah. he. He focused on things basically. He focused on jobs, and what I awesome thing was is, is you're still able to see today the effects of what he did especially like with, with the the ccc you know you see benches and um national parks all over that you know benches and cabins the, like, that are built by these young men who then basically became a a breeding ground for for the for the war you know these guys mm-hmm. were taken straight from these civilian corps and take to corps and taken straight to war and so i i think w- what he understood was the idea that people have got to get back to work and they can't be afraid to um to try and 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 i think it's because of that the economy got moving again and then obviously the war really took that off
1: which is a lot of what you hear candidates now talking about public works ideas Mm -hmm. even i mean donald trump who says he's a republican but has his public works and initiatives and stuff are very democratic yeah um very far to the other side very kind of socialistic if you wanted to say Um, he just kind of panders to who he panders to obviously, but, and Bernie Sanders also another big proponent of the public work system, which is really what FDR did, like you just said, to get everything going. And, um, so it's, it's true. I mean, I don't know. You pick some, I don't know how we even got on the topic of presidents. A, but secondly, you pick like the president's I wouldn't have guessed you would have picked if you said he weren't a Democrat.
0: Yeah, I'm a bit of a misnomer. I think the, the, the thing well, not, that... I don't care either way. Yeah, but. I think the thing that, that strikes me most and impresses me most is, is, is not necessarily like the policy and what you put in place and what you believe, but the the idea that you genuinely care about your country, whether that be putting in places things that keep things the same or that keep things that change things, the idea that you truly have your country's heart in mind. I think the FDR wanted the United States to get back to where they're on track to be and he saw that happening through getting people back to work and not being afraid of this depression
1: um who do you think now has the country in mind the best of all candidates
0: that's a tough question
1: I know who I think it is I just want to know who you think I'll let you
0: answer first because
1: I personally think Bernie Sanders
0: Uh
1: has the best for the country in mind okay I think I don't think any of the, you know, the the Clintons, the Cruzes, those guys that are appointed by their parties really give a crap about the country. They, you know, they they say they want, they of course they want America to do well, but they don't really care. They're all in for a power game. Right. I think Donald Trump. Says he wants America to be good. I don't I think know if he Donald shares, Trump knows what he wants. I think Donald that's Trump kind of just wants. I think, I think Donald Trump thought, started this thing out as a joke. It was like, watch, I'll run for president. And then he's started And afraid. then it started like, going well, and now he's like, he doesn't know what to do anymore. Like right? Nick
0: Collison on the Thunder.
1: <laughs> but so I think out of all the presidential candidates, and I wouldn't vote for him because I don't agree with his economic views at all as Bernie uh-huh. Sanders, but um, that's just because I think he wants what's best. I yeah. think he. Wants what in his mind is best for America yeah. more than anybody
0: else. And I think that, that's a fair point to make because, like, you're not saying that he's right or wrong. Yeah, you're, you're just saying that in, in Bernie Sanders' mind, he believes what he's doing is best for the country. Which ultimately, you can't fault him for that. Mm-hmm. You know, you could disagree with everything that yeah, he, he believes in. He could be a
1: communist, and but you so, can yeah. still
0: believe that in his heart, he thinks he's doing what's best. Mm-hmm. And we can disagree with what's best for the country, and that's where the part of the divides are made. Ultimately, all these guys—if they're truly doing what's best for the the country—I think the the America's most favored candidate would emerge um, if they were truly doing what's best for the country. The hard thing is—is you don't really know anymore. I think we're so far from guys like FDR, just because there's so many things that have been brought up that convolute things. One, the parties are are more divided than ever, and I don't see them getting any closer. Um, And so, I don't know. That's a tough question. Um and you
1: just don't, there's no bipartisanship. No one wants to work with anybody because right. they want to get reelected. Right. And it doesn't look good if you're a Republican candidate and you sided with this guy on yes. health care. Because then you're not going to get reelected back in Alabama or where you're from. Right. So it's stupid that we give, these guys don't have term limits because then they won't do what they think is best. They do what will get them reelected instead of that. And that's the problem.
0: I have a solution to this problem. All right. I have a restructuring of the term situation. Okay. As it stands, there is two, and or sorry, four and four. Correct. That, that's the max you can go.
1: Oh, I think it's two and four. What? I think. No. Or six. Four and six.
0: No, it's four and four. <laughs> it's basic knowledge, Gail.
1: Are you talking about like the house presidential term? Oh, no, 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 no. Presidential oh, term. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, sorry. I thought you were so, talking about like, oh, the sorry, house sorry. sorry, Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so
0: it's four and four. <laughs> That's
1: why I was talking about terms because the House and the Senate right. they can keep running as much as they want, right. but a president can't.
0: Well, so the, I think the idea is if if you had something like a six and four or six and two mindset. So here's the idea: Let's say you get president, you get elected president from day one. You know you're not you're not running again for another six years, so you can spend those first four years being a president, working just on legislature and things like that. Those final two years is when you start to kind of ramp up your campaign for re-election. And those last two years, you're just president. And so you end up being president for eight years total, but you're actually doing governing for about six of eight years rather than maybe two. The
1: problem with that would be the guys you're running against are going to be like, I'll be in the House for six years, and yes. this guy only has two more years left. So yeah. why would you vote for
0: him? Right, And
1: they're going to use that against you as a it's campaign
0: just, tool. It, it is like a rock and hard place for candidates, for presidents, because they – whether they want to help out or not, they know they can't help out if they're not president. So they have to campaign, yeah. and campaigning lasts more than just you know the campaign cycle itself.
1: Yeah. I agree.
0: All right, so we, we discovered a Oh, Oh,
1: dude, we, can I talk about my favorite president? For like oh, yes, day? you can. You know who my favorite president is? Who it is? Abraham Lincoln. Who it is? You want to know why it's Abraham Lincoln? Why? Because he has a beard. Fair enough. That's the only reason why. That's all why. you, that's that's all all you, I you need. It. I mean, he's the last president with a beard. Like, how has that not happened again? Why in America are we so against presidential candidates with facial hair?
0: Make America hairy again. That's going to be Cale Padgett's new campaign platform. We discuss uh, everything. I run for the OU Law Golf
1: Club. Yes, President.
0: please. I'll vote for you. Thanks. We would discuss everything and nothing so far. Um, we'll have more of that probably when we come back. <laughs> We're back here on the No Fun Intention podcast um, to some actual structured discussion, Kale, um, Guys, 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 I
1: learned what Scott is on the break. Scott is a feminist. It's true. That's his political alignment. I love women. <laughs> we're all feminists. That's what a feminist is, right? That's what I thought.
0: Um, so to get away from politics and get <laughs> to something that we probably know much more about. We're well, in I don't the f- know actually i don't have a degree in sports that's true i also don't have a degree in president's history i do have a minor in history oh dude. so
1: what's your favorite historical era mine is world war Two, but uh and I, then the roman era yeah my second I,
0: favorite like the kind of like the cop answer probably world war Two, um, just because one from like like there's so, there's so much history on it right and, that's and, true and, and we have a lot of visual history that's which very, helps true. out a lot um also love the, um, I love the colonial period. Um, okay. It's it, it's cool to colonial see colonial America, I assume. Yes. Yeah, okay. yeah. Um, I I love the Australian colonial period. <laughs> um, I love when we
1: were colonizing the Pacific states. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. And then and then I like I, I the Crusades. My um, oh, that's in, a good one. I remember in a Crusades class, and every day he talks about he talks about what he calls the Sades. And I was like, I'm not sure if we could give nicknames to like historical periods. I feel like they wouldn't like. Look highly, highly Does he do think that.
1: the Knights Templar took the uh, um, Ark of the Covenant to uh, Canada? I'll have to ask him that.
0: You should because okay. that's a
1: theory that the Knights Templar took the Ark of the Covenant okay. to England, then got on a boat, drove it across, and hit this like island in Canada, like on the east coast of Canada, and left it there and buried it. All right. Well, so they. Some people think that.
0: Join us next week as we get, travel to Canada to search for the yeah, Ark of the Covenant. I'll be
1: there all summer. I'll look for it. That's guys. right.
0: Kayla is. All right, that'll, that'll be part of our Summer Going Away Bash Spectacular Podcast.
1: Kale finds the Ark of the Covenant. <laughs> Brought to
0: you by Oil. <laughs> All right, so switching gears over to the NBA basketball playoffs. Um, as, as it stands now, we are, games are both one and two games in. Last night, Thrilling Mavs um, comeback slash upset over the Thunder. Um, I don't want to start with this because like, I feel like I always start with the Mavericks. Um the Warriors. You're becoming the
1: Bill Simmons of the Mavericks. Okay. Of the Dallas of Dallas. Bill Simmons of Dallas. I think that as a compliment. Kale doesn't like that. All right. So, Mavs lost by how many points in the first game?
0: 42. And then they won by one in the second game? One point. Game? So, they're combined negative 41 point differential, yet they are one and one in the series. Do you actually think they can take the series? Yes. Okay. And to... To wager that, I thought the Mavericks had a, good, had a good chance going into it because of what happened last night. Um, going into the series, the Thunder led the NBA in fourth quarter, collapses. The Mavericks led the NBA in 10-plus point deficits to come back and win. Okay. And so on the Mavericks, you have a fantastic fourth quarter player. Dirk Nowitzki and Darren Williams, I think, are two of the top five NBA players as far as PER goes in the final five minutes of, of a game. Um, so you have two guys who are excellent at closing out and comparison wise Thunder have two of the best NBA players yet yeah, they don't have the killer instinct they don't have that one guy go to when the game's on the line and I thought if Nardis can keep the game closed for three quarters because they, they, they play very well up to teams that are better than them and they are terrible against teams that are worse than them if they can keep it close they'll have a chance obviously game one I was like maybe I was wrong or we would have thought they were but obviously last night changed things and I think Mavericks can win both these home games lose uh, game five and come back and win game six um, I don't think though if they if they split these home games they're out I think they have to win both home games to have a chance of the same so yes uh, that was the answer to my question was yes
1: <laughs> I don't see them winning it I, I don't think they'll win it fair um but there is something definitely wrong with something in the Oklahoma City locker room. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's a leadership thing. I don't know, like you Do, said, if it's a... Who is it? If it's a... Yeah, who's the leader of that team?
0: I mean, personally, I think that needs to be Russ. I think I Russ is, is more outspoken. He's he's more the flashy player. I think Kevin Durant needs to be the guy that... He's, he's the quiet one, and he speaks, speaks with his game. You I know? think...
1: Russ is also the more competitive. Russ has got the Kobe instinct. Yeah. And KD is more of a LeBron James type. I couldn't agree more. Which you could, I mean, it's not bad to be a LeBron James. Right. But at the end of the game, do you want Kobe with the ball? Kobe in his prime, not 37 year old Kobe. Or do you except want. If, except yeah.
0: if it's 37 year old game 82 Kobe. Yeah, true, true, true.
1: <laughs> but, I mean. Also, could it be coaching? I mean, is it Billy Donovan not getting it done in the late stages of this game? But Scott Brooks, they they always blame Scott Brooks for losing late in games. Obviously, I don't think
0: it was Scott Brooks' fault. Here's something Bill Simmons brought up that I, I love. What is the difference between Scott Brooks and Billy Donovan and Coach Thunder Team? Like Between last year and this year, what changed?
1: I don't think anything. I mean they right. everybody at the first at the beginning of the season was saying they played bad defense and stuff, but they played bad defense of Scott Brooks too. It's not mm-hmm. like they played bad defense last night. It's not like nobody is playing good defense. I mean, it's not like they've ever played good defense. They had Serge and Kendrick Perkins back in the day that protected the rim. Russell gave you pretty good defense. KD's not great defensively. He's right. very long, but he's not Yeah. He's not a His Josh his Smith his, his
0: body defense. limits him, just like Dirk's body limits him. Like sometimes like you guys are just in a nat- like, cause you have to have some a, a little bit of natural defender in you. Mm-hmm. Guys like Kawhi Leonard, Kawhi Leonard and Draymond Green, those guys have a natural gift for defense. Like they work on it, sure, but like, that's how
1: they got into the league.
0: Yeah, was their defense, right? Yeah. And so some guys are gifted with that. Some guys aren't. The guys that aren't, you have to make up for that by playing good team defense. Mm-hmm. And what I saw about last time was the Thunder wouldn't move. The Thunder don't have a lot of movement off the ball. The Thunder really. I mean, you're gonna have KD. And you're gonna have Russ either going on an ISO, having a pick and roll, having some sort of pick and pop with Durant, and you have three other guys just standing around.
1: Which I mean, that's Billy Donovan's offense. So that's what he did at Florida for years. Right. It's all pick and roll. That's why they wanted him in the, for the magic when they had Dwight Howard. Which is the fine, but the guys
0: the guys still have to move around and, yeah. and, and create chaos. You have to make the Mavericks' defense work. And if they don't have if they don't have to work, it makes it easier to guard one guy. I mean, last night I saw the more times where where you know you had. Raymond Felton, who's a solid defender, on Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant just took the ball with 10 seconds left on the shot clock, slid around and shot a one-legged jumper that he missed. And that could be K- KD's shot, but you can't tell there's not a better shot KD can get on a guy he has five, five inches on.
1: Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I'm trying to pinpoint it. I, there's something to me that, that the Thunder just don't have that teams like the Spurs... The Warriors, even the Cavs, and probably maybe even the Clippers, have that they just don't. I don't understand what it is because I think if you're talking
0: top ten players in the league, the Thunder definitely have two of them. They might they have, have two of the top five. They have two of the top seven. I think. Okay. Well, I, let's see. I think I think your top five has to has to has to include no matter what list it is Curry, Leonard, James, Russell, Durant. That seventh guy, or that sixth guy, I think, he can be whoever you want it to be. But I think that's top five that ever has been every list. To have two guys on the top five, how are they not playing the way they played in game one every time? There's something that's missing, and it's not athletic. It's got to be mental. I don't know what it is. I think that between those guys, they need to decide who's going to be the number one guy who's going who's to be the number two guy. So there's no shame in being number two on that team, Right guys have made a career on being that awesome, quiet, soft-spoken guy who just Scotty goes Bippen. in. Yeah, kind of to, to kind of compare it to, to baseball, in my opinion, like guys like Adrian Beltre and Tripper Jones. Guys who, they're not going to be this flashy guy but they get the job done every day because they're quiet and they let their playing do the ability. Or let their ability do the, do the dogging. And so I think that, yeah, the Thunder have to have Westbrook be that number one outspoken guy because he had all the flash. Like I mean, physically and you know, kind of off the court, and Drantz is kind of the guy that goes and does the hard work, does the dirty work, makes makes the shots when they're needed. And I don't know if they can commit to that right now.
1: I I also think my I think one of their problems is that their bigs don't necessarily fit Billy Donovan's system. Mm-hmm. Stephen Adams not a very good score at all. He's right. a good defender. He's yeah. not a very good score. Serge Ibaka has become a better scorer For sure. over the years. But he's not a good interior scorer. He's mm-hmm. now got to a more jump-shooting, kind of mid-range score. If they had a guy like an Al Horford or... Well, I was going to say Joakim Noah because he played for Billy Donovan. But Joakim Noah is on the downside of his career. If you had Joe Kim Noah back in the day or yeah. something when this type of they offense... Need a,
0: yeah, they're missing that two-way center.
1: They, yeah, they need a center that can dominate interiorly to bring some of the pressure off the other guys. And I think they also need a more consistent three-point shooter, more consistent jump shooter, or just an elite lockdown defender like Matt Barnes or Tabascephalosha, who they they lost in free agency. Somebody like that that they can put in a game late on the other team's best player and lock them down.
0: Right. All right, so that's a lot of talk about Thunder Mavs. Um, Other series that you're interested in, um, obviously. What about
1: Steph Curry being injured?
0: Yeah, so my fear, I mean... The, watching that game last night without Steph Curry, I felt like the Warriors were just like a solid good team. Like they weren't, they didn't have nearly the same flash. Um, which showed, sure, I mean, the, the, the Rockets were the whole time. The Rockets are a horrible team. Like that, they're just, I, I, can't define what happened between this year and last year that made such a big difference. I'm mean, gonna guess it's just the James didn't Harden go to effect. The
1: conference Finals last yes. year. Yes. Okay, that's what I thought. They were the
0: number two seed. They looked on on a path. Had it not been for the Warriors, to you know, to go to the finals and, and probably win it. Um, came back this year and just James Harden has just tanked that team. But the Warriors, Warriors without Curry, lose a lot of their ability. I think not because it's not because the scoring absence, but th- because the way that Curry draws defenses in and just kind of him being on the court ha- gives the team an added energy that you know you can't really account for.
1: I think the Warriors without Cur- Curry are the Atlanta Hawks. They're going to beat a lot of teams,
0: mm-hmm.
1: but they're not going to beat the Spurs or somebody like that in a, in a division series, but they can beat the Rockets. They could probably beat the Clippers, um, without Curry. But when they get to the conference finals and they have to draw the Spurs or the Thunder, I don't see them doing that with Curry because he's a, he just does things that nobody else does. And it gives you this aura around you of confidence Right. of, well, even if we do mess up, Steph can, can get us out of this. And, uh, so it's really interesting. A lot of people are now saying that it's not his ankle. They they showed him no, not an ankle brace last night. Mm-hmm. They're thinking it might be an actual foot problem, which, which may be a lot worse. Yeah. yeah.
0: So I mean, I think as of now he's listed questionable for um, mm-hmm. two minutes from now in Houston. In my opinion, I think you sit him. You don't you don't risk him. You can still win that that game if not that series. The series if not that game in Houston without him, because if you lose him after this series, it's only going to get harder, and it's going to get immensely harder. Um, I don't I disagree. I think the Clippers can beat the Warriors without Steph Curry. Um because if you have Chris Paul not having to spend all the energy guarding Curry, that makes Chris Paul much more dangerous much more dangerous on offense and the Warriors suddenly don't have a ball handle anymore. Um they don't have a true um, backup point. Well, Sean Livingston's a pretty good backup. He's been a, a great yeah. backup because he's following Steph Curry though, you know. Yeah. I, mean, I I mean He's he's found a great niche. A lot of those players have as those kind of revitalized role career, uh, career role player guys. Um, if you watch Sean Livingston
1: highlights before he blew out his knee really badly, as like I don't remember if his first or second year when he got hurt really badly, he looked like one of the top players. He was looked like he was going to be one of the top players in NBA history. Yeah. He was like the second incarnation of Magic Johnson, and he was awesome. And so I, for some reason, whenever I see Sean Livingston, I'm always like. I know that guy can play because yeah. I've seen what he can do back in the day. But I, I tend to agree. I, do you think that they lose a game in the series against Houston without him? They might drop one in Houston. If just,
0: yeah, if he doesn't play game three, they could lose it just because the Rockets are going to feel, you know, backs against the wall. You know, that kind of thing can make a team play a lot better than they really are. Um, but, you know, the Warriors just have like this mentality, I think, of we're not here to mess around kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, they've waited long enough to play meaningful games. And so I think... They they know without Curry how susceptible they, people are going to think they are, and they're going to want to prove that no, like we are far more than one player. No matter what kind of player that, that guy may be, and that's why I think they beat the Clippers. Yeah, it's fair. I mean, the funny about fun him, I think they're still better than the Clippers. The funny thing is we're, we're discussing as if, as if he's not there. Yeah, the Warriors are still a dang good team, even with Curry. You know, at, at half percentage or whatever, because they'll win games. Or he doesn't even play the fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it, it's all kind of semantics at this point. Um, we'll have to see how, how he suits up for, I believe, the Thursday night's game. Mm-hmm. Um, anyways, <clears throat> moving to the Eastern Conference. Um,
1: so uh, let's just talk about the two other Western Conference really right. quick. Do you see the Spurs or Clippers losing either one of those series? I see
0: the Blazers um, pulling off uh, a, a win at home. Okay. Um, Damian Lillard is is a great postseason player. The Warriors, I mean, the, the Clippers are a great team. Blake Griffin still isn't back to where he was yet. And I think that on the road in Portland, that, that can easily swing one game, if not two. But you don't see but the Spurs losing anything. I don't see the Spurs losing. The, the yeah. Spurs... The Grizzlies, the Grizzlies are too beat up. They're man. beat up. And it's sad because they they were... That was going to be a fun series. That was going to be a very grinded out, old man's basketball game, but losing Gasol and, and Randolph?
1: No, I think they the still guy. have Randolph, but they've lost like uh, Mike Conley. Mike Conley, right. It. Losing
0: those two guys... Great players, and that that's just too much to overcome.
1: Yeah, I agree. If I were going to build a basketball team, I would build the Memphis Grizzlies. It just doesn't work in today's basketball. Yeah, game. it doesn't. You're right. It, in the '80s, with well, the Grizzlies, would never lose now. Right. And but the, and unfortunately, that's not how it works now. But so Eastern Conference, I do agree with you is going to be more competitive, mm-hmm. top to bottom. I think
0: we're already seeing it. Yeah. Then the uh,
1: Cavs almost got beat the other night.
0: Right. Uh, so we, we've had we've had what five first round West games only one of them has been close last time's Mavs game uh-huh. and then I guess the, the, the Rockets game was, was somewhat close but in the east there has only been one blowout correct? and that was uh, yeah
1: yeah uh, Miami beat Charlotte really bad right yeah. which I'm just trying to think. that's
0: kind of strange uh, Charlotte I don't know what to make of them anyways um, your your Hawks are looking to go up 2-0 correct? Mm-hmm. Yep. on the
1: hated Boston Celtics
0: yes I want the Celtics to be so good, but they just are lacking that defensive substance. And I, 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 don't, I don't think that, that can get them through a playoff series against yeah, the Hawks. They, I, I think they, they kind of got a rough draw um, in that round in kind of a, a poor matchup against a much grittier team.
1: I, I agree with you 100%. They match up so much better with the... So four teams tied with the same record in the East, mm-hmm. and they match up so much better with the other two the Hawks, I think, are better than them at every single position. Yeah. And that is the one thing. And the Hawks play the best defense of any team in basketball. And they're now. experienced. Yeah. And the, and they've been to the playoffs the most times of any teams in the Eastern Conference. they played the most games together. They, Like you said, they are experienced. And that plays a huge difference. It does. And I just think I don't like the Celtics. I used to really hate the Celtics when, like, Kevin Garnett was there and stuff. Mm-hmm. I don't hate them as much anymore. But if you look at it top to bottom... Um, I guess you could say the Isaiah Thomas-Jeff Teague matchup is pretty good, but Isaiah Thomas is just a score, and right. Jeff Teague offers you a lot more he's than that.
0: much more of a game manager.
1: Yeah, and then I would give Avery Bradley the edge over Kyle Korver this stage of his career, but Bradley just blew out his uh, yeah. hamstring, so is he even going to play? I don't know. It's Marcus like Smart be the series, yeah. yeah. Marcus Smart hit a bunch of threes, and he's a 25% three-point shooter on the year, and he hit a bunch in game one. I don't see that happening again. Mm. Kyle Korver is the only place where the Hawks are really just lacking anyone. He's just fallen so hard from last year, and he just doesn't have the athletic ability to keep up with a lot of people on the other end. But that's where they put Kent Bazemore usually on the other team's best offensive player, whereas Bazemore is a very good defender, a good corner three-point shooter, which is similar to how Kawhi Leonard started his career. Right.
0: Um, Yeah, I think Bazemore is is a very good idea of what, coaches love to see in in, in today's two and three guards. I think a guy who is serviceable offensively, who's a great finisher, and then a guy who just plays hounding defense, because there are enough guys in the league that can score the basket, there's such a a tiny, tiny amount of players who who can play really good one-on-one defense, and is definitely that kind of guy. Um, I'm excited to see how he develops, I think, next year, he'll probably have a a much larger role.
1: Yeah, it'll be interesting, because... I'm not going to say he will ever be as good as Kawhi Leonard, but he can be better than DeMar Carroll was for the Hawks last year. And right. Carroll was a very good player for the if you're, if you're using comparative to, to Leonard in any way, you're yeah. obviously doing something right. Yeah, exactly. But I think, like, Kent Bazemore's highest potential level is Kawhi Leonard. He's already passed Josh Smith to me, of which player I'd rather have. Josh Smith in his prime. I watched him for years of the Hawks. And now Josh Smith, great defender, got nasty blocks, had great dunks. Absolute atrocious at every other spot. Yeah, and and Baysmore has already surpassed him to me. So, watching Josh Smith for so long, anything is is great in, in my eyes. And I think the one main thing that kills Boston the most in this series, Boston thrives on shooting in the paint. They're very bad three point shooting team. I think like twenty eighth out of the thirty teams. And the problem is, is Atlanta's bigs are so much better than their bigs are. It's right. It's just a huge gap between Millsap and Horford comparatively to whichever one they want to run in there. Solinger, Leonard, Solenic, uh, is there a Zeller brother? No, no. I'm going to draw in a blank on who there's.
0: Oh, uh um, Johnson. Yes. Um, and they just, Johnson pro- is, is probably their most substantial de- defensive. Yeah. Oh, they're, they're good president.
1: defense. They're good defenders. They're good interior players, but they can't spread you out. And Millsap
0: right. and Horford, can really spread out defenses. Well, on the and other it's that Solinger wants to spread out, but doesn't have the, the, the mm-hmm. game to do yeah, so. Exactly. He really is moving. All right, so. Olinik, over- though, can make threes. Right. But he's coming off the bench, so you just got to keep an eye on him. But I'm going to hate a Linux because people are going to think he's in the next dirt. Not nowhere close. No. I, I've seen that before. And it infuriated me and I wanted to quit living.
1: Well, you know how it is in draft stuff, they always call somebody the next so and so. How about just I just player... called Kent
0: Bazemore might be the yeah. next Kamala? <laughs> I, I I I'm a big fan of just let the player be I get using it as comparison, yeah. but let's hold off on the next thing. I like the idea of 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 giving this player is most like this, but let's hold off on like the next. Let's just let that player be that player and this player, you know, be its own guy.
1: I agree. And I think that's the one negative with LeBron James' career is that everybody says He's the next Michael Jordan, and he doesn't play like Michael Jordan he at doesn't. all. They're not even comparable. People
0: think just because that he, because he's an athletic guard who has had a lot of success and is very polarizing that he's like Michael Jordan. He's not.
1: No. Yeah, totally different players.
0: Neither one of those – there's going to be another one of those players, you know, um, which is the reason why like we're, we're so surprised by Steph Curry because Steph Curry is kind of another one of those guys who is n- unlike anything else we've ever seen. Steph
1: Curry to me – the closest thing I've ever seen to Steph Curry, and it was a totally even different kind of offensive basketball, was uh, um, Allen Iverson. Yeah, a smaller guy that can score that just volume score that often. But Allen Iverson would take it inside. Allen right. Iverson was a lot more fearless, and Iverson he wasn't was he wasn't was, just was an inside relying player. on yeah jump shots as much. But at, at that size, Curry's a smaller guy. To see somebody's put up that many points at that you know below six foot two. Allen Iverson is the only one I can think of that is even close. And it's a totally different type of player, even on that.
0: All right, so before we end up here, um, having now seen a little bit of the East, it's been an anomaly as to can someone beat the Cavs. Do you see anything else that changed your mind as to who can win out of the East?
1: Man, I don't know. The Cavs scare me because I said, I think last week, that Detroit is not who you want to play. Right. And Detroit almost beat them in game one. Right. They got away. I mean, the Cavs got away with some bad calls that helped them in that. I don't trust Toronto at all.
0: Yeah. Um, I, I want to love them. I just think they're missing that kind of X factor. Kind of.
1: So I, I don't trust them at all. I mean, DeRozan just can't score on Paul George. He can't do anything on Paul George. But Paul George is just getting no help right now. Right. But I think the best thing for Toronto is that they draw the Miami-Charlotte winner in, game, in round two if they win. And I don't think Miami or Charlotte are as good as my or as Atlanta or Boston. And I think the good thing for Cleveland is they match up really well against Atlanta, and they they just beat Atlanta down last year mightily. They beat them down in the regular season. They have a good matchup with Atlanta. Whereas I think Toronto also drew a favorable matchup to them as well. So I don't really see if Toronto gets out of the first round though, because I don't see like I don't see Miami beating Toronto in a seven game series, but. I can see Indiana right now, it's, but it's hard to say the Cavs aren't going to win. I think the Spurs now have to be the favorite in the West, though. When you're waiting to hear on this Curry injury,
0: yeah, I don't even think that in the East, it's, it's it's kind of a Cavs until I'm shown otherwise. Yeah. There, there's just been too much of two through two through eight really. I can see either of those teams beating beating each other. I think the I think the Pistons. Like when I think about of how the Pistons play, I think how are they in eight? I think the same thing for for, for the Pacers. The Pacers. When, as long as you have a healthy Paul George, are going to be way better than a 7 seed, no matter, no matter what. Mm-hmm. Um, in the West, it's hard to tell. Um, I, I can't imagine that by the time a finals roll around, a couple finals roll around, that Curry wouldn't be healthy. Mm-hmm. But th- it, it's hard to say. I think as, as of now, until we learn whether Curry's injury is better or worse than we think it is, I think it's it's still going to be a warriors cavs rematch. But I would not be surprised to see a Spurs-Pacers rematch in just some kind of crazy scenario
1: yeah I, I agree i think you're spot on with that
0: all right well we hope you enjoyed today's uh, listening about a myriad of topics um most of them crazy um hope you didn't have any fun and i hope you enjoy your week kale you any final thoughts
1: uh no that's about it
0: all right we'll have a good night